0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton.
1: The recent news that a data mining company received information on some 50 million Facebook users has many people looking at the policies that the social media giant had or didn't have in place. There has been conversation of people looking at canceling their Facebook accounts. All the while, founder Mark Zuckerberg stayed silent. Until he did an interview just the other day where he discussed the problem, this was a major breach of trust and
2: and I'm really sorry that this happened. Uh, you know we have a basic responsibility to protect people's data, and if we can't do that, then then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people.
1: so with such a large breach, how does facebook? Uh, turn this around. How do they regain the trust of the public? We ask that and more of Kevin Warbach, who's an associate professor of legal studies and business ethics at the Wharton School. He joins me here in the studio and on the phone with Pinar Yildirim, who is an associate professor of marketing here at Wharton, and also of Jennifer Goldbeck, who's director of the Social Intelligence Lab and professor of information studies at the University of Maryland. Kevin, great seeing you. Thanks for coming over. You too, Dave. Appreciate it. Pinar, Jennifer, great to have you with us. With us on the phone, thank you both. Thanks, thank you, thank you. Um, does the does the Facebook reaction or delayed reaction give you any pause or concern, Kevin, as to how they viewed what happened
2: here in the last seventy two hours? This is part of a larger debate and a larger set of issues that have been going on with Facebook for a while. I think Zuckerberg is right to acknowledge that there's a fundamental question about whether people should trust Facebook. Facebook has always had these issues about privacy and always had concerns about data. And generally speaking, their view has been... We'll adjust. We'll try things. We'll see what the response is. And people have adapted. But this Cambridge Analytica thing seems to be something deeper. And uh, it seems that the company understands that there's now fundamental questions being asked by users and by governments around the world about not just the specifics of what Facebook did in this case, but about what Facebook is. Is, Is there something inherently problematic in the kind of information platform that Facebook has created. And that's that's a fundamental challenge to the company. Jennifer?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And it's been interesting to see how they've dealt with this because there's a bunch of different things that Cambridge Analytica did. Right? One is that they took all this data, which they did originally in line with Facebook's approval. Then they took that data from an academic place and gave it to a company. That was a total violation of what Facebook allowed. And then they used that to psychologically manipulate people, which is almost something that we're overlooking at this point because the data breach part of it is so severe. But the thing is, like, we're we're seeing this with Cambridge Analytica because it's coming out in this context. But there's no way that they're the only company that violated Facebook terms and collected this data. I've written code, especially back in 2014 and 2015, when they collected their data that had Facebook apps that was pulling data from people. Mine was all ethically approved by the university IRB, but I could have easily downloaded massive amounts of data, kept a copy, given it to whoever, and Facebook would have no way of knowing that. And so when you think about, as a platform, they allow all these apps to collect huge amounts of data and then basically expect them to behave well there's real questions on is that a reasonable expectation because there's incredibly sensitive data out there especially when you throw some AI at it you can find out really sensitive things about people and do we trust that Everyone Facebook gets access to that data is going to behave well. I certainly don't, and I think that's a big part of the data side of this problem.
1: Pinar, how how do you react to uh, the time frame in terms of the reaction uh, by Mark Zuckerberg and and how they are reacting as as a company to this? Because this is obviously a, a big problem for them right now.
3: Yes, it's a big problem, and it seems like the time frame that they have been responding has been relatively slow. So this problem hasn't happened just now. They knew about the problem for a few years. And the data collection, the the origins of the academic data collection that resulted in this problem actually go back to 2007, um, I believe. So it's about almost 10 years of time that this data collection has been going on or has, has started. Uh, but that being said, Facebook is in in a, in a situation, a difficult situation here. They are facing a large trade-off about whether to provide the third-party developer benefits to consumers, which come in the form of products, apps, and others, versus just putting the walls up and 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 you know keeping privacy of the consumers and costing them all of those additional services that they provide. So it's it's a challenging situation for them whichever way you look at it.
1: Well, and a lot of people were talking about uh, the, the in the first day or two the fact that Mark Zuckerberg hadn't really made a statement about this and and I guess this goes back PNR to to kind of a conversation I've had with a variety of of people in IT about whether or not you need to take a day or two just to kind of get a sense of, of what happened so you can really wrap your head around how you're going to approach this and, and how you're going to try and correct it in the future.
3: Exactly. And in this case, I think there's a lot more investigation that needs to be done because, again, the data breach or the beginnings, the origins of the data collection goes back years and years. So they need to figure out at what point this went really exactly wrong. This started out with all the good intentions a third party developer app that's approved for research was open uh, again it, this was this was what created the data collection right this is how the data collection started so at some point it went wrong and they have to go back and figure out exactly where it went wrong
2: Kevin Yeah if I could jump in I think we sometimes make too much about, you know, when did Zuckerberg comment or did Sheryl Sandberg speak about right. it at what point? Clearly, it's important from a PR standpoint. Clearly, it's important from a standpoint inside the company and taking responsibility. But but this is not about uh, what time someone made a statement or what yeah. even was the content of their statement. This is about really what, what, what Pinar was saying. Uh, fundamentally, what did Facebook do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Zuckerberg has said he'll testify before Congress. So they'll haul in in front of Congress. They'll ask him lots of pointed questions. They'll grandstand about, look, we are going to tell you what to do. That's all noise. The ultimate question here is, will Facebook and companies like it, either on their own or by being forced by governments, have to fundamentally change their business model? And not even just at the level of what data they share with third-party apps, Will they be forced to give users control of their data? Will they be forced to share their social graph with competitors, as some are calling for in Europe? Those would be really fundamental changes that would have huge impacts on their business. But they're the kinds of things that go to this basic question about whether the business model is ethical and trustworthy. Jen?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I I think it hits the important point here. I don't especially care how long it takes Facebook to respond. I think it's good that they took a few days to think about it. The concerning thing I saw in their response is that they said, okay, this happened. So here's our fix, right? We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Here are the changes that we're making to the API, and we're going to audit this stuff. And I mean, those all seem like good, reasonable steps to me. But then there's kind of nothing else that came out of that, of how are we really going to fundamentally address this problem? And Twitter, who, Dan, we've talked about Twitter so much on the show, the problems that they have with harassment, like they have at least come out, you know, in Jack's tweet storm a month ago and said, look, we are stuck at solving this problem, and it's really hard, so we're going to take a long time to work on it. And I think Facebook is in that position. Over and over and over there have been these privacy issues in one domain or another, This one is not just a Cambridge Analytica problem. There's a ton of people, I'm sure, who have similar amounts of data collected illegitimately. And Facebook needs to figure out how to solve that in a much bigger way than a few changes to their API. And so I actually fear the fast response without a lot of thought going into, we're going to fundamentally have to think about how we address this problem going forward. So
1: then what, Kevin, in your mind is the the path that, and the areas that that Facebook need to address here. I I mean, certainly there's probably multiple areas along the way. Policy in terms of working with third parties to begin with uh, and and how they kind of approach their data in general
2: are are probably two of the most important. First of all, it's important to note it's not just about Facebook. So even if Facebook is in the wrong, it does not absolve Cambridge Analytica and their partners for doing the kinds of things that, that Jen talked about, including certifying to Facebook that they had deleted certain data that they, in fact, did not delete. So there's a lot more going on here than Facebook. But to Facebook, (laughs) this is going to need a real cultural shift. And there has been a change at the company. Facebook used to be, their model used to be, move fast and break things. Uh, And they used to basically have the attitude, well, let's push the envelope and then we'll step back. They really have changed. And I, I do believe that Mark Zuckerberg and the leadership of the company, understands what's going on here and takes it seriously, that's the first step. But it's going to take a lot more than that. Uh, And if you look at, for example, how Microsoft has changed, and it took 15 years, but the Microsoft of the 1990s that was sued for antitrust violations and led by Bill Gates to the Microsoft of today, led by Satya Nadella, is a fundamentally different company, not not at a product level, but at a cultural level. And I think that's what it's going to take for Facebook But there's no shortcut to that. And I think the the recognition by the executives is critical and important, but it's only the first step.
1: Now, the the other part to this, which we haven't discussed yet, which is important, Kevin, is is the fact that we've discussed this from the U.S. perspective, but there's also the element of the U.K. as well because of Cambridge Analytica being a a British-based company and the regulators over there also having concerns about how this is all played out. And that brings in the point of the differences, as you alluded to before. the difference is how uh data and privacy are viewed in Europe
2: in comparison to the united States absolutely so European privacy law tends to be much stricter. they also frankly in Europe are um, very willing to go after major u s based tech platforms and so because these dominant digital platforms are predominantly U.S.-based companies, not European companies, they tend to be aggressive on enforcement. Uh, and so Google uh, was fined no. not on privacy, but uh, you know, on, on um, competition policy, $2 billion recently by the European Union. The new General Data Protection Regulation that goes into force in May allows fines of up to 2 to 4% of revenue, which is a massive number. Yeah. So absolutely, I, I think um, companies like Facebook need to think very hard, and they're obviously looking at uh, the United States. But uh, no question, Europe is going to be a huge threat.
1: Pinar, as as Kevin kind of alluded to, this is because it is not just a Facebook issue. You're talking about a wide range of companies that do business both in the United States and in Europe and obviously have to get adjusted to uh, the rules on both sides of the Atlantic and the differences between them, that they have to be watching this very carefully as to how this is play out and the potential changes that they may have to make moving forward.
3: Absolutely. This is absolutely not just a Facebook problem, it's a problem for Google, it's a problem for Amazon, any other large company, an online company which has been collecting and using data for various reasons, they will all be exposed to any regulation that may come out of this, this incident. And it's also going to influence the consumers in a drastic way, because frankly, if you think about the operations of Google, if you think about the operations of Apple and others, Consumers are used to using products or services for free in exchange for providing their information to advertisers. And if now we start to build walls for third-party developers or advertisers for use of that data, that's also going to start to shift the way that services are provided to consumers. So we are, I think, looking down at a path where we will see a lot of changes for a lot of players in this particular game.
1: How impactful do you think it will be for the consumers that use Facebook, let's say here in, in the United States, because of the fact that, you know, what has happened ha- has brought forth this, I guess it's the the hashtag campaign, it's the Delete Facebook campaign. I mean, obviously, I don't. I think a majority of people who use Facebook, would want to see changes made, but would they necessarily say, I've had enough, I'm done with Facebook, I'll never use it again?
3: Well, some consumers who are very sensitive about their data being used for these purposes will probably stop using these services, or they might reduce the amount of engagement that they have with these these platforms. But in the long term, when we think about the potential outcomes, we have to realize that consumers are very used to receiving certain services, for free in exchange for their information. And frankly, yes, there are a lot of consumers who do not realize how extensively their data is shared, it's used, it's, um, you know, it's broadly, I think, um, exchanged between different parties. And the other question is, do they change their behavior drastically when they realize or they, they are given information about the privacy violations, as you, you might call them, It it's not always the case. It doesn't seem like they're always drastically changing their engagement with platforms, but of course there will be some consumers who are extremely sensitive to, to these issues.
1: Jen, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think that
0: there's it's important to separate out targeted advertising based on your social media profiles and data leaks and data breaches like we're talking about with Cambridge Analytica, because, look, the entire internet at this point runs kind of based on targeted advertising. It's exactly yeah. right. People don't pay for these services, and we haven't found a, another good way to give people services for free. And even if you charge for Facebook, they make so much more money than most people would be willing to pay um, from the advertising. And so let's accept that advertising is going to continue to exist and targeted advertising. I don't think in general. Everybody's super uncomfortable with that, Um, you know, saying, here I've expressed my interest. Here are things I've talked about advertised to me based on that. But when your data is then harvested by apps, this is not third-party advertisers. These are quizzes that you're taking, games that you're playing, and then sold to other people used, you know, in the case of Cambridge Analytica, to try to manipulate your vote. Like, that's a very different thing. And so I think we need to separate this idea of targeted advertising where Facebook can control access to that data. They can allow advertisers to target, say, uh, hockey fans like me in Washington, D.C., but nobody needs access to my profile. Facebook knows that about me. But
3: may I interrupt? Sorry, the the apps, the third-party apps, are also funded. Their major source of revenue is advertising. So they partly collect that data in order to, to be able to maintain themselves, support themselves yeah, through advertising. So I understand
0: so, that, but this is a, a difference between, like, are we talking about Facebook making money off the advertising that they're selling, or are we talking about the survival of those third-party apps? Um, you know, apps. I think is a very different ecosystem than social media. Sure, some people want their apps for free, but there's a much different marketplace for how apps are funded. Um, and I'm frankly, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like all the practices of Facebook. But I would rather them be targeting me with advertising than some fly-by-night app stealing huge amounts of data off my phone yeah. for advertising and whatever other purposes. And so I, we really need to separate those things. And I think. Uh, there's a huge conversation to be had on all of this personal data space, um, but advertising versus who's harvesting it and what are they doing with it are, are sort of separate issues in my mind.
1: Which, again, brings up the question, Kevin, we've talked to you about this in the past, of where does, you know for the most part, the government has watched over entities like Facebook and Twitter, but they haven't really pressured them. Now you're getting into a situation where you have this particular event. Obviously, the concerns will be about their security measures and and what they have to do. Where do you think potentially this could be headed right now? Because obviously the call is to have Zuckerberg come to Capitol Hill and talk with it. And the question is whether or not there is going to be a push from consumers from Capitol Hill to have more of an an
2: influence on these entities right now. There's absolutely going to be a push. So these big digital platforms like Google and Facebook are not thought of as public utilities. The traditional utilities, the railroads, as well as things like the communications companies, now the broadband companies, we have a whole body of law and regulatory oversight based on the idea that they are fundamental infrastructural platforms for society and for public discourse. Yeah. We've chosen not to create that structure in the United States for these digital platforms, in many ways for very good reasons, that we wanted to allow the market to flow and innovate, allow them to compete against the incumbents. But we're, I think, long past the point where it makes sense to talk about Comcast as a big, powerful company and not also talk about Facebook and Google as big, powerful companies. And that doesn't necessarily mean the answer is to treat them all identically. Right. But we're starting to see really on both sides of the aisle. This is not just, uh, for example, Democrats. It's also Republicans who tend to be deregulatory, advocating closer scrutiny of these companies. So it's hard to predict in the current U.S. political environment any major legislative change. But I think ultimately, that's where we're going to something that creates more of a regulatory structure that looks like the way we have always historically treated public utilities and these infrastructure platforms applied to companies like Facebook. Jen?
0: I completely agree with that. And it's an idea that you know, I think we've been hearing a lot about just in the last few months because this option like, oh, if you don't like it, just get off these platforms is not a real option in modern life. There's so much that you can't participate in in society if you're not on these platforms. Um, but we don't want to start denying them to people because they want to protect their data. We also don't want to start denying them to people because they can't afford to pay for them if you were to switch to, like, a pay model. Um, You know, are they exactly going to be a utility? Probably not. Um, Who's going to hold that data, right? Do I want the government to hold it? Definitely not. Um, You know, these are all kind of technical and business questions that we're going to have to see. Um, But I think we are eventually, and this could be, you know, a decades-out move, going to have to move to a place where access to these sorts of communication Platforms is kind of expected and something that the government helps everyone get um, in a way that protects their interests.
1: PNR.
3: Um, yes, and I would like to be a little more cautious, maybe about the potential outcomes that might come out of this that could be even more harmful for the consumers. I think it's utmost important that. We give consumers their right to privacy and protect their data. At the same time, if we start putting up all the walls around potential developers that might be able to provide good things for consumers using the data, I mean, platforms like Facebook, Google, they have such richness of data that could help us to solve big societal problems or help us to understand how people behave in certain ways so that we can help them putting up walls around those might actually result in some more harm down the road than than the the gains that we can achieve from that so i just want to be a little cautious about all that might come out of this discussion
1: all right so then but the other question is what is really the penalty for for cambridge analytica in your mind
2: Well, we'll see. The the details have to come out. Uh, Unfortunately, this is a company that is hard to pin down. They've apparently already been shifting assets into shell companies. The the CEO has been suspended and so forth. But I I think there will clearly be enforcement action in the U.K., and obviously we're having a huge debate now in the U.S. about it. The problem here is it's, of course, tied into this larger set of issues around the election. So, uh, I mean, there may be penalties, but uh, in in the Cambridge Analytica context here, it's part of something much bigger that really is above and beyond what we're talking about.
1: Great to have you all with us. Uh, Pinar, Jennifer, thank you very much for giving us your time on the phone today. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you both. Uh, Kevin, as always, great seeing you. Thank you for your insight.
2: Thanks a lot, Dan. Thank
1: you. Uh, we've been joined by uh, Kevin Warbach, Associate Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School. Uh, in studio, on the phone with Pinar Yildirim, uh, Assistant Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School, and Jennifer Goldbeck, Director of the Social Intelligence Lab and Professor of Information Studies at the University of Maryland.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu i